0: No, I'm a little nervous today because my family is joining me, and the last time my husband heard me preach was more than like 20 years ago in seminary during preaching class, and yeah, I was super nervous. We were dating back then and I was embarrassed. I told David, okay, David, don't come because if I see you, I'm going to get super nervous. So he like sneaked in and then he wrote me an evaluation and at the end he said, I love you. You did good. Um, And he's here today and I am feeling a little bit more nervous than usual, even though I read it to him like three times. Um, And he thought that You don't have a joke in the beginning. You're you're like, you don't don't have any fun. You need to say something funny. So I thought this would be my funny joke. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) See, people like my joke. My family doesn't think I'm funny, but people at Bethany loves my joke. So that's why I am here. Thank you, everyone. So at Bethany, we have been studying First Peter for the past three weeks. And today, um, I am excited to share um, Peter's final words in the letter. So let's turn our Bibles to First Peter, chapter 5, verses 6 to 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a rolling lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you into his internal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Let us begin this time with prayer. Let us pray. God, we come to you today with our open hands to receive, to receive your word. And for the next 25 minutes, as we hear of your word, I pray, God, Lord, that you will open our hearts, that you'll open our ears and our minds, that it's not words that we're hearing, but it is your words that we will hear, that we will listen, that you will bring transformation in our lives. So we thank you, God, for each one of us here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So what Peter writes in verses 6 to 11 is a guideline on how to live. First, he says, humble yourselves. Second, cast your anxiety to God. Third, be alert and resist the enemy. Stand firm in your faith. Fourth, after you have suffered a little, God will restore you. These are few sentences that Peter shares that are golden nuggets that we need to hold on to in our journey as Christ followers. Growing up, a phrase my mom would always say to me was, Lydia, be humble. And I know she's watching right now, so hi, Mom. (laughs) And something that she still reminds me in my 40-something, she would watch me for a little bit and she would say, oh, Lydia, be humble. And I had never asked her why she kept on reminding me to be humble. So this time I decided to ask her and I called her. I called and asked. And I learned that she reminded me to be humble out of her love for me. Because she said to me, well, it says it in Proverbs. It was like a matter of fact. It says it in the Bible to be humble. And she she said, when pride comes, there comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. For me, it wasn't really until college when I first heard C.S. Lewis's famous quote on humility that I had an aha moment. C.S. Lewis says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, by thinking of yourself less. So when we look at verse six, humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. What does that mean? One commentary translates, accept your humble status. Accept your humble status. Humility is not a choice, it's a status. It's who we are as Christ followers. At Bethany, um, pastors from six of our locations come together every week to study for the Sunday message. And this week, um, we had Richard Dostrom, um, our previous senior pastor, now our teaching pastor, join us. And this is what he shared with us. He said, the ingredient that allows you to be open and curious while still believing that you have something to give is humility. Humility is in self-negation. It's a sense my truest self isn't complete by myself. Richard explains that this applies to a relationship with Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 3, 5, it says, um, Paul says, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes From God. Friends, the Bible teaches us that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. But in Christ, we can do all things. Accepting our humble status means being in union with God. Letting go of your personal pride. Relinquish your entitled status. Relinquish your entitled status. We live in what I'm going to call an instant society. You can get everything in a click of a button. I just learned that you can buy a car online with one button. You can also buy a house online. And um, I wonder if any of you can relate to this as well. Is there anyone in this room that gets annoyed when Amazon Prime does not deliver your items and your stuff in two days? I don't know if if we have anyone that works at Amazon, but it's not really two days anymore. Sometimes I have to wait three or four. Somehow, I feel entitled because I have paid for that service. And what about when you're driving behind a car that's going super slow, below speed limit? I tell my daughter, who just started driving, be patient. You never know what that person is going through. That person also might be a new driver just like you. But when I'm behind the wheel, (laughs) the blood pressure gets a little high, higher than it should be. And my family's here today, so here's another confession. I get very impatient if there's a lack of service at restaurants, especially when the servers are being sloppy. And it's taking them a little while to bring that water in the menu, I don't know what happened to me, but I feel entitled to good service because I'm thinking, this is not home where I have to yell at the kids to give me a glass of water. This is a restaurant. I am entitled to some service. I don't need to be begging you for water. And some of us, we get entitled at work. At school, even with your friends, you feel like Hey, she's my friend, he's my friend. They need to always just play with me, hang out with me. With their spouses, we get entitled as parents and children. We live in a society that creates entitlements. Without yourself knowing, you build on entitlement. And our entitlement allows very little room for God to speak into our lives or any room for God. It also creates self-reliance, that I can do everything and anything on my own. A common phrase we hear is, you got this, yay, you got this. That's a great encouragement, but you got this because God's got you. You don't got this by yourself. You got this because God is giving you wisdom. You got this because of God's grace. If you think you got this all by yourself, that's pride. And when you're alone, with no one on your team, all the pressure of life falls on you. You will get anxious. Anxiety will creep in. So church, Peter is telling us to accept our humble status, to be in union with our humble yet powerful King, Jesus. And once you accept that humble status, verse seven says, you can cast all your anxiety on God. You can cast all your anxiety on God. And common English Bible translated it like this. Throw all your anxiety onto him. Throw it to Jesus because he cares for you. The level of anxiety has skyrocketed in the past few years. It was already on the rise before the global pandemic. But the uh, World Health Organization had a report that there has been a 25% increase in anxiety and depression. And as we are trying to normalize life again with COVID-19, Anxiety is on the rise. And we all have different ways of coping with anxiety. There are temporary solutions. Some are good and some are not so good. There are also great tools that can help help you understand even what triggers anxiety in you and how to cope. But the ultimate step is to take the step of faith. Put your pride down and ask God, okay, God, I don't got this. I'm throwing it up to you, all of it to you. In Matthew 7, it says this, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to those one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which one of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? And if if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God is a good Father who longs to give. We simply have to ask. It's a call to action. Philippians 4.6 says, Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring all of your requests to God in your prayers and petition along with giving thanks. It's not a one-time thing. Our faith journey is ongoing. The Bible says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If the branch is not connected to the vine, it will die. How will the branch get its nutrients to grow and produce fruit? It has to be attached to the vine. Church, or faith journey. A relationship with Jesus cannot be compartmentalized. What does your week look like? You get up early, you shower, you get ready for work. Some of you have kids, so you have to feed the kids and make lunch for them, drop them off at school, and then make it on time to work. And if you're not too late, it's already a good day. Most likely, you didn't have time to make lunch for yourself, so you're in the staff kitchen looking for some snack just to, for the hunger to go away. That's always me. I'm always in the staff kitchen looking for snacks. And when you leave work to pick up the kids, you have to get them, and then you have to feed them snacks, and then drive them to all the extracurricular activities. And for dinner, you will rush to some pizza parlor and get pizza on the way for dinner. Quickly eat give the kids a bath, help them with homework, put them to bed, by then, you're just exhausted. And out of guilt, you might even ask your husband, how was your day? (laughs) And then you crawl into your bed. My kids have the biggest smile when I'm in my bed. And you see what you missed out on the world through the eyes of social media. You can imagine your own week. And this this same routine repeats Monday to Friday. And then on Sunday, we come to church to finally have a weekly dose of Jesus to be holy. And then it all repeats again on Monday. It's exhausting. Are you exhausted? There was a time when my days did look like this. Don't worry, parents. It gets better when they can stay home by yourself so you can have a night out. It gets better when they start driving. Okay, I take it back. It doesn't get better. (laughs) Enjoy the toddlers, the preschoolers. That's like when they're super cute, so just enjoy. Enjoy. And for some of you, you're in a different season of life. And things might look different. Some of you have retired but you are still busy and occupied, and there is simply no room for Jesus in your everyday life. Church, the enemy is slowly, without us knowing, is devouring us. Peter says in verse 8, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a rolling lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in your faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. When Peter wrote this letter, the Christians were under severe persecution. They were suffering. And the severe persecution against Christians still exists today. Today. We can freely worship here at Sholan Auditorium, but there are churches in the Middle East and in some countries in Asia where being Christians is the biggest crime. In some nations, you can get executed for simply having a Bible. I have a missionary friend named um, Pastor Kim, he was imprisoned for 12 years in a country in Asia. And he was to be executed at the end. Because this is about a restricted country, I can't go into the details today. But for some crazy reason that happened, he was miraculously released. And then he escaped to South Korea, he went to seminary, got married, has, now has beautiful, like three, three beautiful children. And he planted a church, um, a church for the most vulnerable. But in the darkest and the hardest moment of Pastor Kim's life, he stood firm in his faith. And God spared his life. Friends, to survive in prison, you really need to be in union with God. You have to be like this with God. Verse 10 says, after the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will he himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast? In the West, our sufferings look a little different. We have idolized comfort, contentment, control, success, and security. We all want this. But these are temporary things in life. If difficulty comes in any form that attacks our comfort and security, we become anxious, depressed, and afraid. Church, we're not called to idolize what the world idolizes. What we need is to accept who we are. We are called to be a child of God. And as a child of God, We need to accept our humble status, throw our anxiety to God, because he cares for you. And because he cares for you, God will give you peace, everlasting peace. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Accept the peace that Jesus gives to you. Experience the peace that Jesus gives to you. You were created in the image of God. You were created to be in union with God. We are the branch and he is the vine. It's like breathing. If you can't breathe, you can't live. Without Jesus, we cannot experience the fullness of life. Why? Because Jesus breathed life into us because he made you. You were created by God. So be alert. We have to resist the devil and stand firm. And I admit, my lifestyle is probably as busy as yours. So I'm not saying stop doing what you're doing. You don't have to stop everything. But what I'm saying is we need to prioritize what is important. And that is to love God and love others. Most of us have smartphones. And you know what you can do with your smartphones? You can download the Bible app. And you can listen to it on your drive to work or to school. And there's hundreds of devotionals that you can do every day in the Bible app. It's a great app. And church, we need to be in community together. In relationship with one another. We were not created to be alone. Peter did not write this letter to a person. He wrote it to the churches, to the churches in Asia Minor, and it went around. It circulated to all the churches. And there are many ways for you to get connected here at Bethany. As Anna shared, there's lots. It's all in your bulletin. We will be launching connect groups. Friends, join a group. There will be opportunity for us to serve the community with our local outreaches. We will have fall kickoff, a great opportunity for you to invite your neighbors and friends, but yet meet new friends and be in relationship and fellowship. Acts 2 shares that the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were in koinonia, Koinonia in Greek means in communion and fellowship. And we are called to be in koinonia with others, to be in fellowship with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. We are invited to be in koinonia at Bethany. We are not perfect, we are messy, we're all sinners. we have one thing in common we love Jesus we are the church and may I boldly claim to be the church in Acts 2 where they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and the signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and and everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They bro- broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to n- their numbers daily those who were being saved. Church, imagine what it's like to be in relationship together like at the church in Acts 2. At Bethany, we're a multi-generational church. And I love how the children comes up to me every Sunday. They give me high fives. Today, I got to pray with a circle of middle schoolers. Before I share a story that I shared with uh, my daughter, I would love to invite the band to come up. And I was sharing with my daughter, Miriam, yesterday um, how I'm grateful to be at Bethany. As a Korean American woman pastor, it's not common for us to be pastors to the older generation. But I've had the privilege to journey with some of you. And as you, some of you have shared your struggles and your prayers, and you invited me to be your pastor. And some of you have shared your life stories and wisdom with me You mentored me. Church, you are not created to live life alone. In the first few verses of chapter 5, Peter tells the elders to mentor the younger generation. And for the younger generations to learn from the elders, we are to be in fellowship with one another. God didn't just love you, Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, the son of God. He came to this world as a servant and as an ultimate sacrifice. He died an unimaginable death on the cross. A humiliating death on the cross. Death on the cross was reserved for the worst criminals of that time, but Jesus, He died on that cross to save us from eternal death, to give us new life, to give us a new identity not as sinners but as lovers lovers of god and others i want to invite you to close your eyes and repeat to yourselves you can quietly repeat to yourselves I am loved, I am loved, I'm loved by Jesus. And let's spend a few minutes in silence to listen. May the Spirit of God speak to each one of you. can keep your eyes closed but if there is anyone in this room that would like to recommit your life to Jesus and if there is anyone that would like to take your first step in asking Jesus to be part of your life accept your humble status in Christ I want to invite you to raise your hand of a gesture to say yes Jesus Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you. Isaiah forty nine fifteen says, Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible... I would not forget you. Jesus, we thank you, God. We love you. And again, you have reminded us that you have not forgotten us. We come here today, Lord, to confess our love to you, to accept our humble status as who you have called us to be, to be in union with you. And Father, it has been it has been some summer it's been pretty busy as we have normalized our lives of going traveling traveling to places that we were not able to travel to able to go camping again to able to see family and friends but as busyness has creeped in as we get overwhelmed there are times where we forget to pause and to experience your presence so we come in confession We ask you, God, for the power of the Holy Spirit to be upon each one of us here today. That in our faith journey, that we will continue to draw closer to you. Father, I sense our young people here today are carrying a lot of anxiety as they get ready to go to school, maybe for some to get ready to go to college. But it's not easy to be in a new place. Father, we feel anxious. So we today come and lay down our anxiety to you. Father, we cast our anxiety, we throw our anxiety to you. And we ask you, God, that you will take hold of us. We ask that you will take hold of us. I am loved. I am loved. I am loved by Jesus. And through your love, we know, Lord, that each step that we take, that we will draw closer to you. We thank you, God, for sending your one and only son, Jesus, into this world to bring transformation in our lives, to give us new life. So at this time, we give you thanks. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.